0: Hey everybody, we're back with another episode of the Knife Life, What's Working Well. My name is Shelby Wildgast and I am here with top branch manager, Mr. Zach Jose. He's in the Virginia division and I'm so excited to hear all that's going on in his world right now because watching the reports, big things are happening over there. So Zach, let's start off with the first question, what's working well right now?
1: Yeah. Uh, thank you for that question. It's a great question. Um, so I'd say the biggest thing that's working well is just learning or just knowing to have fun with my people, have fun with my assistant manager and just every phone call, every conversation day in and day out, I make it fun. Um, and I get, you know, just, I always show interest in my people. I make sure I get to know them. Um, you know, I don't like thinking of, of everyone on my team as a num a number, you know, and a CPO amount. I just like to think of them as human beings. Um, so I'd say having a lot of fun has been working really well, and just having passion and joy for this job, I'm I'm really loving it. Um, some other things that are working well is, you know, every day I wake up and and like every night before I wake up the next day, every night I go over four things in my head that that i want to accomplish that next day, like four things that just four main things, no matter what I got to get done. And, uh, and I wake up the next day and I I go after it with me and my assistant manager. Um, and you know, I'm just, I'm instilling confidence and passion in everyone I'm working with. You know, I'm a very high energy type of guy. And, um, and if I'm, if I'm not doing that, then I feel like something's missing. You know, and I, I know that my mood is completely dictated on the results of what my people uh, get, you know, and, and how they feel day in and day out. So, um, yeah, those, those are the things that, that are working. So,
0: Cool. Well, let's dive in here. I love how you um, placed such a heavy precedence on having fun. And I definitely want to dive into that with you because I know that usually this is the time of the summer when people are like i feel like i'm not having fun and i hear that often with everything going virtual that you know they don't feel like they can have fun with their team because they're not you know having team night outs or having these team meetings in person but you're proving this wrong so talk to us about specifically what does it look like to have fun in your office
1: yeah great question um so for like, for, I mean, I just be myself. I, I just, hands down, I just be myself. I know who I am. I'm true to who I am. So every team meeting, I'm super loud. I'm, i hyping people up and recognition and I'm making people laugh. I'm cracking jokes left and right. Um, on a, you know, every one-on-one call I, uh, I'm, I'm always asking my people if they're having fun with the presentations, are they having a good time doing the job? You know, I hate I hate it when people like feel like they're not doing like not having fun or not having a good time doing it because nothing in life is worth doing if you're not having fun doing it, in my opinion. So, um, also, I'd say uh, I'd also say just really um, right off the bat after training, really just focusing on people on like what they want to get from the job, and then also trying to figure out how they could have a good time from the job you know um those are the two things right there um but yeah i mean i just i just be myself that's really what it comes down to um i don't know i'm just i feel like before going into branch i didn't know if i was gonna like really love this at all i've always seen myself as just someone that would just sell caco and really didn't see myself as as a manager like this and i ended up loving this you know my uh my mentor Brian uh, trained me well and he, he he knew that he saw something in me and knew that he saw me becoming really good at this and I had no idea. And so, uh, I mean, we'll see where it, where it takes me from here. But um, yeah, I, I really do love this. I don't know. I love the idea of running a business. I love the idea of how every, like how you can impact your own people and how you make the decisions. And I have fun doing that, you know? So, yeah.
0: It sounds like you're really cut out for this, for sure. And that was definitely a pun intended there. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I really appreciate what you said about, you know, finding out two things from your people. Number one, what is their goal? Or what do they want to get out of this job? And then how can we make it fun along the way? Because I think that second question is not one that's often asked. And it's more so like, let's just drive action, drive action, drive action. But it's important to stop and ask hey, how can we make this really enjoyable in the process? And I think it's really great. Have you gotten any interesting answers from your people that have kind of opened your eyes to how to add more fun into the into the job?
1: Yeah, um, I'd say like mm. making contests, like, um, I don't know. <laughs> um, like if I if I was talking to one of my reps yesterday and I was like, hey, if you give me uh, six people in the door, for, you know, an SMR interview or just regular interview, I'll give you 200 bucks or 200 bucks of anything you want. And and she was like, I really want these new pair of shoes, Zach. Like I need these new pair of shoes. And I'm like, what kind of shoes do you want? And she's like, oh, I need these, like, I need these really nice Converse or whatever. And I was like, um, okay, I'll, I'll get you a nice pair of Converse. I'll I'll be happy to do that, and, she, and so she's like having fun trying to do this because she knows she's getting a nice pair of Converse to go along with it. You know, that's just an example.
0: Yeah, incentives work wonders. That's re- that's really great. I love it. So let's talk about this idea that you mentioned about the four things that you want to focus on the next day. So mm-hmm. let's go into this discussion about organization and how you really structure your day because. producing the numbers that you're producing there's got to be a lot of plates that you're spinning and staying organized is really really important to avoid chaotic overwhelm so can you talk a little bit more about that practice specifically what might be some of those areas of focus and then how do you bring them into your day the next morning
1: yeah great question uh sunday nights before every week i plan out my whole schedule so I know exactly what I'm going to like, my, I know my exact structure day by day, all the way to the next Sunday. And then each night before I go to bed, I, I, you know, try to find and discover four things, four main things that need to be done. If I don't get those things done, then I'm going to be stressed. I'm going to feel overwhelmed. So I do that. So I don't feel as stressed or as overwhelmed as I normally would because the first week or two of the summer. I was all over the place. Like I had no idea what was going on. I'm just like, I'm just tackling things left and right, but I don't know how to like structure it and and organize it like the right way for me. So, um, you know, I, uh, I butted heads with um, one of my mentors, Matt Warren and, and, you know, I butted heads, heads with Brian they gave me suggestions and I figured I might as well just figure out four things, four to six things. It's usually about four to six things, but, uh, they call it the the core four and just, that eliminates stress for me. Uh, I would never feel stressed as much um, as I as I was the, at the beginning of the summer. I feel very like grateful and, and very uh, joyful and and fulfilled now at this point. when I'm doing, so like, yeah. I just don't. I don't really feel stressed. I feel. I mean, when stress does happen, obviously everyone gets stressed in certain situations, and when it does happen, I embrace that. You know, cause I, if you're not getting stressed, you're not really expanding as part of your life. You're not really feeling that. So, um, those are the, that's what the core four is meant is to handle the stress.
0: So I think that's really cool. How you specifically ask yourself, what might be certain areas that would really cause stress in my life if I don't get these things done and then you get them done. That's a great way of thinking about it. It's really simple and it makes sense. Speaking in the vector world, what
1: might be some of those things that are on your core four? Yeah. So, uh, for example, let's say it's, um, all right. Team meeting day. Today's Wednesday, right? So, all right. The night before I'm going to go over, okay, I got to make sure I have all my people contact and communicated with the next day. Every single person communicated with either my AM is communicated with his people. Cause we have like pods now or I have communicated with all my people and they confirmed for the team meeting and phone jam and I brought value to them that day. So that's like one thing. Second thing is uh, crushing both of my interviews, making sure I'm on point, present in the interview, phone away from the screen, from the computer, and just making sure I'm really dominating, dominating my interview. Um, and then another thing would be nailing the phone jam, driving people through the phone jam, making sure everyone's getting seven to 10 booked, And then my fourth thing for Wednesday would be bringing as much confidence and energy to my team meeting. And with with confidence, I need clarity. So I need to map out my whole team meeting on a keynote, you know? So those would be the four things on a Wednesday as an example.
0: That's great. So going back to what you shared about early stages of the summer, when the first couple of weeks you were feeling super overwhelmed, looking back to, that version of yourself and looking at where you are now and where you're going, do you think this practice was the catalyst that really got you out of that funk? Or was there anything else that you started to implement that really created that lift off?
1: I think this practice along with how to conserve my energy, how to save my energy because I knew at the beginning of the summer I was feeling a little bit burnt out. Um, like three weeks into it, I was feeling a little bit tired. Like just not like mentally I was there, but like physically, like my health and my nutrition and my sleep patterns were just not a little bit off. So I knew I had to do something about that. So I started going to sleep at twelve o'clock every night instead of one or two. You know, I started reading a book before going to bed because it naturally makes me tired instead of being on my phone. Right. Um and consistently just started waking up at the same exact time every single morning. Um, so I can my energy. And one really effective way I did that is with my assistant manager. And I told, I, I basically sat him down multiple times and taught him as much as I could teach him and basically, you know, get him to teach my reps that stuff. So then I don't have to use all my energy on every single person. I can kind of distribute it, distribute it evenly. So everything that my reps are learning from him is from me. So it saves my energy. Now I'm not as, I don't even feel exhausted at all. I'm actually more invigorated and more energized than I ever have been. So that is another huge thing. So the core four, and then also the energy saving my energy, that was definitely a catalyst.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, makes total sense. Now, you're mentioning a lot about your AM. Is this someone that you brought with you to start off the summer or someone that you promoted into the position throughout the summer?
1: This is that actually someone I brought with me, yeah.
0: Cool, how's it been going working with an AM? Do you feel like you've got this whole delegation thing down to a science or are you still figuring it out?
1: I'm definitely still figuring it out. There's always room to improve. Um, I think it's getting better and better. Um, you know, uh, we've just started creating pods. He's got his own little, little squad of people rolling now. Um, and I think. I've definitely, I think it's just over time, like naturally in the summer, it's just going to improve and improve for him because PDI, I'm just continuously teaching him just stuff. I'm everything. I'm just continuously teaching and teaching. So he's naturally going to get better. Um, so I think delegation has gotten better. You know, at first it was just like, all right, do this, do this, do that, do that. Now it's like, here's why you want to do this. Here's why you want to do that. This, here's how this could help you. you know? So uh, it's, I'm definitely learning how to be more effective with that.
0: So one of the things about delegation that makes it difficult for a lot of people to kind of wrap their head around is this idea of one, giving up control and having to trust somebody else to do as good of work as you would do. And I think in Vector, we have a lot of perfectionists and a lot of control freaks. And I, I would love for you to speak to that specifically, Zach, of, you know, for everyone that's listening right now who are, who is like, I need the help, but I don't want to give up the control. I don't want to, you know, give up the, the potential to have, you know, a really, really great conversation with somebody. But at the same time, they kind of need to at this point because there's just not enough hours in the day. How have you kind of broken through that barrier of needing to control everything and trusting your AM that they're going to provide really good quality coaching and content?
1: I'd say a key thing um, that I started to implement and definitely going you know, to start doing a lot more, just meeting with your AM, you know, like whether it be every morning or just having a call with them, like at least an hour, two hours, every single week, and just breaking down on everything that, you know, he needs help with everything that, you know, you could serve him and help him improve with and just doing that week by week by week, that alone creates trust with your, with your AM, you know, so, and plus building a relationship with your AM, like you got to have a strong relationship or else you won't even trust him at all in doing anything, you know, so really, really dive deep and get to know him uh, or him or her um, for sure.
0: What are some of the things that you would talk to your AM about? Would it be breaking down sales numbers? Would it be breaking down the new training class? How do you delegate certain reps to, to your AM? Talk to me a little bit more about the intricacies of those conversations.
1: Yeah, so um, I'd say one thing would be, okay, so you know, blank was bl- you know f- blank away from the newsletter. What do you think are some ways? that we could get her to the newsletter this week, right? Or, or um, you know, so-and-so struggling with names and numbers. How do you think you should approach her getting more names and numbers? Like just a lots of powerful questions to help guide him into what he wants to do. I'm not just stating and telling and telling and stating like facts and facts on what he should do. That's more delegation. I'm kind of just guiding him on what he should do and just giving him thoughts and in, in like, um, kind of like a roadmap, if you will, um, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's super interesting. I'm so glad that I asked this question because what you're really doing is you're, one, building the relationship through these intentional conversations. But you are also teaching your am how to think on their feet. So that way you can trust that no matter what, they're gonna be asking themselves the right questions if you're not around to do it for them. And I think oftentimes when um, a manager is just beginning to delegate, it's like, okay, here's how you handle this objection when someone calls on for PDI. Here's how you do this, here's how you do this, here's how you do this. And I guess the fear is if somebody calls in for PDI with something completely different that you've never gone over with your AM all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, they're not gonna be able to handle it as well. And that's where that trust begins to degrade. But what you're doing is you're teaching your I am how to think. And that's so much more powerful than just teaching them what to say. Because then you can be the yep. trust that no matter what, they're at least thinking the right way, therefore they're likely going to say the right thing. So I really am so glad that I asked that question because what you're doing is great.
1: And even on on another note, like on that note, like another intric- intric- intricacy of that, of those conversations would be like me on a PDI line with a, with a rep, I would just merge the call, call, call them up, merge it. And I would literally go through a PDI call with a rep, any, any co- type of caliber rep, any tier. And then after they would leave and go to a demo or they're, they're out of a demo or whatever, I'd be like, and I would completely just break it down. Okay. Why do you think I said this? What what were some things you took away from that? What are some action steps you're going to do for your next PDI call? Like, you know what I mean? So I'm kind of, uh, I'm always keeping him engaged and in the loop on what I'm doing. If that makes sense?
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. Cool. Well, that was really great to hear. So I would love to keep talking, but we try to keep these short because we want everyone to be able to, you know, have the time to listen to this. So final question here, Zach. Yeah, And this is a really broad question. So you can go anywhere across the board with this, but for everyone out there that's listening right now, who is a newer manager and they might be stuck in that space that you were in during the first couple of weeks of the summer, what would be one piece of advice that you would give to that manager in turning things around? Because there's still plenty of time in the summer to really make a strong impact.
1: Okay. Um, as far as culture goes, I'd say that's the biggest, most important key as a manager, how to build a culture, especially with this virtual world now that we live in now, it's like, how am I supposed to build a culture in this virtual world? Make your team meetings as fun as possible. You know, Just have a lot of fun with your team meetings, bring a lot of energy to your people, uh, like throw passion into the phone, like throw passion in the phone. Um, we don't have reps coming in for cutting clinics anymore or anything, or we don't have much conviction going on. You gotta, you gotta be even more passionate over the phone. Um, I'm, you know, so, and then also I would say, um, just always figure out what you're grateful for. Like if you're ever feeling stressed, you're ever feeling down or ever feeling behind in something, just don't worry about what you don't have. Worry about what you, or, or think about what you do have. Be grateful for what you do have, you know? Um, i mean we're all very young uh we got a long life to live and uh listen i mean anything can happen just just be grateful for what you have always um and you know everyone's equal okay we're all humans all right um so just focus on what feels good to you um and you know your people will come around you attract who who you are you know as you attract the people that are like you so you people will come around, your culture will start building. Just continuously work on that week by week.
0: Cool. thank you so much, Zach. This was a great conversation. I really appreciate you spending the time with me today. And I am definitely cheering you on. I I am so excited to see what you're doing throughout the rest of the summer. Thanks again.
1: Thank you, Shelby. You, You too. Have a great rest of your summer.